What's up, y'all? Welcome back. I've got another training thoughts from the day episode lined up. Um, when you think about your training and we start to dial up different intensities or how hard we want to work on a certain day, um, it can be challenging, number one, to first you know, make the connection between your brain and your body, right? How hard are we working compared to how hard do we perceive ourselves working? Because that can be two different things, right? It could be, just as an easy example, it could be exercising in the heat. When it's super hot out, obviously our capacity to cool ourselves is the number one priority. So it takes a lot of our effort physiologically to cool ourselves. And at the same time, it's a challenge to work above and beyond that. So, you know, we might be lifting something, just for example, if you're squatting, you might be using a quote-unquote light, lighter resistance compared to what you can do one time. But if it's super hot out, that lighter resistance might feel heavy, right? So we're not really working that hard, but perceptively, we're working very hard, right? So there's a disconnect there right away. It can also be like when you've got multiple days of workouts back to back to back, your perception of effort could increase because you know, you're know you tired, you're still recovering, your nervous system has been hit in 10 different ways. So perceptively, we're working really hard, but maybe we're not really working hard you know, as relates to our, our relative capacity of work. So all kinds of distractions and trying to make connections with intensity and workload and how hard we're actually working. Now, you can do what we've done and chatted about a lot on some of your main movements, like your bench press or your, or your squat or your deadlift or your pushes or pulls, like bigger movements, where you can, you know, if you were to do a one rep max protocol, like we've talked about before, right, working up to that one rep max, and then working off a percentage of that one rep max for your workouts, right? So if you can do 200 pounds on your bench press and one time, right? And you wanna work at 75% of that 200 pounds, you put 150 pounds on the bar and you can likely get that you know, 10 or 12 times before you go into volitional fatigue, right? Where you can't get any more using appropriate technique. Knowing that that intensity is going to give you, you know, hypertrophy, right, an increase in muscle size, and hopefully some improvements in muscle strength um, and or muscle endurance, right, depending on the goal. So, you know, that's kind of a science-backed approach. But when I think of that in my own training, sure, it's nice to understand that, but that doesn't give you any connection between your brain telling you how much work you need to do and connecting that to your body, right, the brain-body connection or that nervous system musculoskeletal um, neuromuscular type of connection. <clears throat> because for that, we need to understand what that effort is and how hard we feel like we're actually working. And that's where what I want to talk about today for the training thoughts from the day episode <laughs> is RPE, Rating of Perceived Exertion. I'll give you a quick background that was really kind of developed. Um, I can't give you the year. It's been around for a long time. And was first developed more aerobic type training because the the original scale was from six to twenty. And that's you're like you're thinking like that's a weird weird scale, right? Why, why in the world would they start at six and at twenty? And how in the world do I know anywhere idea of how hard I'm working in between? <laughs> but if you take a, a younger you know uh, adult, maybe twenty twenty five years old, 
and you have a, maybe they're you know kind of a, a regularly active person, their resting heart rate is likely somewhere around 60, and their maximal heart rate is somewhere around 200, right? So what if we take that scale of six to 20 and add a zero to each one of those? That would become 60 to 200, right? So you can see aerobically at rest when you're chilling in your RPE, your rating of perceived exertions, you know, a one, because you're just sitting there surviving, or sorry, a six. <laughs> it's the lowest you can possibly rank. Your It matches you with your heart rate, right? If you're at the highest level of intensity that you can possibly work, let's say you're on a treadmill and you're running, you know, if you're doing some kind of a, a maximal type of a test where they've slowly increased the, the elevation you're running at or they've slowly increased the speed that you're running at, you know, at the very end of that, when you say you can't go anymore, your heart rate might be around 200, right? So that would sync up pretty well with the highest ranking you could give in your perceived effort of 20, okay? And anywhere in between, it's, it's worked pretty well when you look at someone that's practiced using that RPE scale and they're doing some aerobic activity and you ask them how hard they're working and they're like, I'm probably, I'm, I'm like 12. And you look at their heart rate and it's pretty daggone close to 120, right? You bump it up again, they're I'm out of 14. You look at their heart rate, it's like around 140. It's like, well, this is amazing. That's not by coincidence, okay? <laughs> there's there's a lot of, you know, a scientific model of approach that was put into place to make that happen. Now, but when you think about lifting, Right, resistance training that six to twenty doesn't really make sense anymore. And a lot of times we, you know, it's used of one to ten. One being very minimal effort, and ten being, you know, your maximal effort. And this is where it, there, there, some discrepancies can start to begin, because you can be working at a ten, but still be getting, you know, eight or ten or twelve or fifteen repetitions of a movement, right? Because we're pushing ourselves to a certain point of our desired rep range to where we know we can't get any further repetitions, right? So let's say you're gonna do bench press, you can do 200, but you're gonna load at 170 today and you're gonna rep it out six or eight times and that's all you can get before you, you say, I'm, I'm, I can't get any more and I can't get any more correctly, I'd have to cheat, right? Obviously, if someone were to ask, were to ask you, what was your scale of one to 10, how hard did you work? You'd say a 10 because you couldn't get any more. It doesn't matter about the weight anymore, right? It matters about what your effort was through that rep range. If you can't get any more, you worked at a 10, okay? So don't get that confused with a 10 being something you can only do one time, right? That could, that will be the 10, obviously, but it doesn't have to be the 10, okay? And here's how you can use it because this is where we can kind of understand our capacity for movement, especially resistance training wise, and building up throughout working sets of a specific workload or workout. So this is where I kind of like to live. This is what I preach a lot in the group I'm currently working with. <clears throat> um, there's an awesome group, I love them, Truby Health Academy 2.0. <laughs> Shout out if you're listening. But I talk a lot about, you know, if we're gonna work through three sets, you're likely not gonna be at a 10 through all of those sets. I mean, we can be, and what I've seen in working with a lot of people and what I've seen in reading a lot of research, when you when you work out of a 10, all three sets, you your sustainability for making that happen day in and day out is not good, okay? And also what happens is by the time you get to that third set of working at a 10, your repetitions have, have decreased so much that even if you were to leave a few in the tank working previously, you still get less repetitions working at a 10 every single time because the fatigue sets in and you're not getting as many repetitions there on out, okay? So I'll give you a kind of a, 
I'll give you a, a, a nice little story on that too here in a second. But so I like to think of if I'm working three sets, I like to you know start out at like a six ish RPE because I've done my warm up feeling pretty good. I jump in that first set, I work at a six. So a six for me means that if I'm if I'm shooting if 12 repetitions is my goal for that set and I'm working at a six, I can get through those 12 reps. By the time I get there, I can probably get 15, maybe 16. Still under proper technique without having to cheat or you know whatever that looks like. So I've got three or four in the tank, if you want to think about it that way, or three or four repetitions in reserve. <clears throat> As I work into my next set, my physiology, my muscle temperature, the elasticity of all my tissues is starting to improve to where I can do more work and at a bit more efficiently and more and better handle that load um, as I get there. Second set I like to kind of work at, if I was at six the first set, I like to think of like seven to eight. And that for me is if I'm trying to get 10 reps this time, I've increased my resistance, I'm gonna try and get 10 reps. I can get to 10 and likely if I had to, I could get to 12, maybe 13, probably 12 and a half, okay? <laughs> so I've kind of left two repetitions in reserve. Last set, third set, I like to work at, depending on the day, you know, somewhere between that eight and 10. So, you know, I try to push that last set to where if I'm at a nine or a 10, um, my rep is my rep uh, goal is eight. I'm gonna get to eight and maybe get a ninth rep, but probably not, right? So really matching the resistance I'm using with really maximizing those eight reps and I can't get another one. So matching the intensity with the goal repetition, right? That's really the, that's kind of the ideal scenario if you're working at a 10 in that situation. <clears throat> so what's kind of, you know, I fall back on a lot of the research that I've read on this, and I think I did an episode on this a while back using repetitions in reserve. So if you've heard this one already, this might be, you know, kind of a reminder. If this is new to you, this could be a game changer in that a, a study that I read, and there's a lot of research on this, they had two groups, and one group, they did, I guess I should start this way, both groups did five sets of a bench press. Okay, and this was like over 10 weeks in time, I think. They did a whole workout program, but specifically on the bench press, they did it very specifically. One group, they did the five sets. They did essentially a 10 RPE every time. They weren't using RPE. They were actually using, I mean, they were, they were measuring RPE, but they were assigning their workload based off of repetitions in reserve or reps to failure, okay? So the one group did reps to failure all five sets, okay? Using the exact same relative resistance. I think they all use like 85% of their one repetition max, okay? Everybody in the group. The other group did also did five sets. The first four sets of those five, they were told and instructed and they practiced a lot before actually doing this study to have two repetitions in reserve, meaning that if the goal was to get six, they purposely did four, <laughs> okay? If the goal was to get eight, they purposely did six, okay? And they matched that resistance with that capacity. They left two repetitions in reserve. On the fifth set, they said, let's work repetitions to failure. Just do as many as you can until you fatigue, okay? So the group that did repetitions in reserve was compared to the group that did reps to failure every single time. And what ended up happening? Interesting findings. The group that did repetitions in reserve over the five sets averaged one more repetition, but they were asked on their perceived 
exertion, their RPE. The average RPE was somewhere around seven and a half to eight. The group that did reps to failure every time, like I mentioned, they did one less rep on average. Their RPE was a 10 out of 10, <laughs> right? Obviously it had to be because they did reps to failure every single time. Now what's the key takeaway message here? For me, the group on the left that did repetitions in reserve, they perceived themselves as doing less overall work when in reality they did more work right they averaged one more repetition the group that perceptively did more work thought they did more work felt like they did more work obviously actually did less work right there's there's the connection that i love to make it's like the ones that really understand how to use RPE, right? How to really be, because you have to be. When you do reps to failure, there's really no connection between your brain and body. It's just like, do it until you can't anymore, right? When you're in reps in reserve or really honing in on that RPE of like between six and eight, you really have to be so in tune with your body, knowing what each repetition feels like and always reassessing after each rep, can I get more? Can I get two more? Can I get three more? Can I get four more, right? Each time you do a rep, you're really having to take a quick snapshot in time of like, what's my effort? How much do I have left in the tank? Can I get there? All those, those that conversation going back and forth is super powerful to build on and to use in your training. And we see that in that reps to in reserve compared to reps to failure, right? So here is my, my, what I want you to consider. If you, if this makes sense to you, hopefully it does is understanding the more, obviously the more you practice this, the better you get. If you're new at this, you know, give yourself a little grace because the people in that study that did reps to reserve, I think it's, they said it took them like, you know, three to four weeks before they felt that the researchers felt confident that the people doing the study knew what those two reps in reserve felt like. So almost like a month of training <laughs> to get that sense of perceived effort compared to actual effort, right? RPE. So give yourself some grace. Um, give it a try. I like to kind of work you know, conservatively and build up in RPE. I think if you start high and try and end high, obviously it's going to be high the entire time, but your actual overall workload is going to diminish and diminish. It's going to tank it by the end compared to starting off lighter, working with more repetitions in reserve at a lower RPE and progressing into that final set of now trying to get at an RPE of nine to 10. I think you're going to have way more success um, and overall amount of work that you're doing one and way more success in being more sustainable in your fitness and actually looking forward to exercise compared to continually seeing it as a punishment of overworking yourself to try and get whatever goal you're trying to get. Okay. So that is today's training thought of the day. It has come to me over the past couple of days and I wanted to get this episode out. So thank you for listening over these last 15 minutes. Again, if you have a, maybe one of your training thoughts from the day you want to, you know, put in my ear, um, hit me up on social media, Instagram, dr.nicktruby, or email me at trubyhealth at gmail.com, T-R-U-B-E-E-H-E-A-L-T-H at gmail.com. Love to hear your training thought from the day. Um, maybe have a nice conversation, maybe even bring you on and as a guest. I love having people as a guest too. So hit me up, y'all. Thank you for uh, joining me these last 15 minutes, and uh, have an awesome day. <laughs>